So I think there's really some elements of the service today that are excellent examples of how do we live together and work together. And I want to offer a note, uh, the part of what we're doing in this new year is learning new things. We keep learning new things. We keep learning new things. I'm a little tired of the new things. Who's tired of new things? Mm. And yet, <laughs> welcome to being human, right? Welcome. So I want to offer a note of apology to Edith because I realized that today might be the first. She just started with us on Christmas Eve, and today is probably the first Sunday that we had like the children's recessional, and we should have talked about that ahead of time. And I'm so sorry, Edith. We'll figure it out. I have faith that we will. Worship is kind of uh, an ongoing work in progress, an ongoing conversation every single Sunday with the congregation, the minister, whoever is leading the service in a given moment. And I trust that the conversation will indeed continue. On any given Sunday, a promise begins anew. And this promise is between one member and another, between the minister and the member, between our children and us, between the church and the world beyond these doors and beyond our electronica. The promise is that we will cherish and promote physical, spiritual, and intellectual freedom. Hallelujah. We will be responsible with one another for our relationships we will never cease to explore new revelation in belief. And this promise, this promise includes loving the world enough to put our very lives at stake to help it be more whole. And we make these promises because we seek a connection to others in the spirit of life. We want to strengthen that access that meets, as James Luther Adams calls, the ultimate and the intimate those relations between one another and between us and the larger mystery. We accomplish this task, these promises, this locating of ourselves and acting and functioning with a liberal approach to religion, to inquiry, to our lives, recognizing that our freedom is inextricably tied one to another. And the commitments we make, the promises that we offer based in our values, based in our hopes and dreams, those, those promises are at the core of what helps guide us, that love that guides us. So as we start the new year and the theme of finding our center for this month, I want to spend a moment and reconnecting with our promises, often uh, talked about in Unitarian Universalism as covenant um, and an understand and offering that uh, grounding that in a in a one of the ways that I talk about covenant that I have shared before in this congregation and have shared along the way but I'm going to bet that you might not remember what I said two and a half years ago so it's okay so even if you've heard this one before it's okay to hear it again <laughs> and it's also, because faith development is not novelty, right? We come back to things again and again, and we are different every time that we return to uh, a new verse, a new poem, a new song. And also for those who are new and gathering with us as well. This is a moment 
uh, kind of reflection and discernment and a restarting, if you will. How do we want to be together in this year and in this congregation? There's so many ways in which uh, the foundation of our community is based in our mutual commitment, our very deepest promises one to another. You know, when new members sign the book, the act is really simple, and yet we expect so much that you've already done the work and reflection to say, yes, I'm really willing to lay my name and life into this community, into this circle of care. You have agreements that establish the relationship between ministers and staff and the congregation. We have the the moving up of our children one year after another as part of our promises made from the church to the child for lifelong support and nurture. Every year, every year, every moment, every Sunday, if you will, congregations welcome new people New people and new relationships are and are changed and impacted every one of us in those moments. These are acts of commitments between the one and the many, and we are called to be intentional, not simply automatic with them. This is why we don't subscribe to any one creed or one single articulation of uh, a statement of faith and expect people to simply go with that statement. It is constant practice of the congregation being willing to come to the people and the people coming to the congregation. It is making a new promise within the larger one that comes every Sunday. It is to say yes to being together and to being together in service to our own spiritual development as well as our neighbors, as well as our larger world. And you can make fabulous, wonderful promises. We have beautiful language in any given Sunday service, beautiful hymns and poetry and more and stories. But then we actually get to practice. Then we get to do the doing of things because tomorrow is the test. The next Sunday is the measure, the 52 and the 104 and the more Sundays are signs of how we put that promise into practice between members and members, between minister and members, between our children and us, and between us and the world. It is the nature of a liberal religious promise to be renewed in every moment, because we do not depend solely on the moment that came before. It is the nature in Unitarian Universalism to be a living tradition. We keep reforming. Some people have made the joke that we have, we're a 2,000-year-old Jewish reform movement because we can't help ourselves. We keep reforming. It is the nature of a liberal approach to faith to keep looking to tomorrow. And it is the nature of religion to help us find where we are with others and with our ultimate concerns. This is partially what I love about the idea of covenant because there's a cosmic locator beam in the course of that. Um, Let me say a little bit more about that intimate and ultimate I cited with James Luther Adams. It's two different axes, that horizontal, that intimate, 
is that mutual plane of human experience with us, between human beings, with uh, our natural world all around us. I so appreciate Joe bringing that to our attention in the story. And then there is the vertical, that deeply, intimately subjective experience of the holy. It can be that that despairing night of the soul, as well as the light of revelation. That vertical is where we go in solitude uh, and savor the existence around us, but also it can be when we feel cut off and are feeling an experience of isolation. So our promises in our faith community help us kind of maintain and locate, it's like our spiritual GPS, cosmic GPS, if you will. And how do we kind of move and shift in our center? And our promises are our guide stars, if you will, to what we wish is the manifestation of that intersection, that place where we seek, because we know that place can be how we grow, better able, be better able to live what we cherish, and to be sustained what though the darkness round us close. And so we live out our commitments in covenant with one another. Um, Our very structure serves us well, because we are in relationship with uh, the member congregations of our Unitarian Universalist Association, our siblings, uh, the bodies, uh, the larger bodies that are siblings with us such as Live Oak UU Congregation in Texas. We have, do, and will make promises with congregations all across the country to support each other, to learn and teach, and to fight for common cause, and at times to disagree. This isn't always about, you know, being happy uh, and, and cheerful and always okay with one another. At times we will, in fact, disagree. Every congregation individually has its own covenants, formal or informal, sometimes spoken or unspoken. And some operate from from covenants established in the very earliest days of their formation. Um, Our sibling congregation in Geneva, Illinois, uh, shares the covenant created at the founding of the congregation from 1842. They recite that covenant every Sunday. And it's still it still translates into every single moment. This congregation is about the same age as the one in Geneva, and this congregation has chosen to refresh its covenant every so often. And that most recent version shared in this service comes from 2009. That covenant, our covenant, was created from a process that included the whole congregation, And the results set the tone for then establishing the mission and the goals of the church. What we still express as aspirations and the immediate work of ministry uh, in the congregation and in the world. And that's that mission, that embracing freedom, loving inclusively, growing in mind, body, and spirit, and helping to heal the world. From my colleague, the Reverend Kim Beach, he says, The word covenant signifies a framework within which intentionality takes effect. Uh, The Reverend Robert Latham talks about covenant as a compact among a people which states their mission and how that mission will be transformed by the reality, transformed into reality by their life stewardship. I love that idea of life stewardship 
mission transformed into reality by their life stewardship. So a religious covenant is not the same as stating belief or purpose. Uh, One doesn't necessarily have to make a pledge to either of those. But covenant, on the other hand, here's the thing. Covenant requires commitment to address its purpose, as he says, while purpose calls for an empowerment of its vision, covenant empowers its vision with commitment. Covenant empowers its vision with commitment. Covenants ask and answer the questions of why we are together and how we will be together. And when we're part of a congregation with a clear covenant, then people are better able to answer the question of why we gather and better able to fulfill it, better able to articulate both the why and the how. And without a center in a known transformative mission, then Unitarian Universalism can can become worthy of the observation that we just believe anything we want. We're so liberal-minded, it's just kind of open to the world. You can just do and believe whatever you feel. No. In case anyone's wondering, the short answer is no. All right. A non-creedal faith could become a set of beliefs without focus, without a deeply driving desire to say how to live that mission. But when lived... Covenant offers identity, builds community, gives us good markers for the intimate and the ultimate. Ministry, Robert Latham says, ministry is covenant in action. It is covenant stewardship. And it's the only appropriate gauge for measuring the effectiveness of the ministry is the covenant it seeks to embody. Ooh, we got to live up to something there. The only appropriate gauge for measuring the effectiveness of ministry is the covenant it seeks to embody. So the covenant that is chosen and created by a congregation such as this, you're putting your your expectations and your aspirations out into the world. And boy, I really, you know, we want to make sure it's big enough, right? That it's fabulous enough, that it's meaningful enough to be worth how we live. So this is why we talk about, in Unitarian Universalism, covenant being at the center of everything. This isn't quite the language that was used in terms of covenant when I was growing up in Unitarian Universalism, but it certainly was what we were doing, whether we said covenant or not. And as we've grown into being a faith and growing into being the church in all the ways that the church shows up, I can see how much it helps us kind of provide that North Star, if you will, in that X, Y axis of the intimate and the ultimate. And I just want to take a moment, you were talking about the the really big picture here, and I want to take a moment to, to go into the more immediate, the more immediate understanding of covenant. Because I've seen covenant in practice when congregations are still kind of learning how to do this, how to live with our commitments and promises. Because sometimes, sometimes a covenant can end up be using more 
of a, of a, as a hammer as opposed to an invitation to resolve conflict. More of an accusation of, you're out of conflict, bam! Not very invitational, yes? Mm. There's not an opening, it's more of a push. The covenant is based in mutuality, based in that horizontal. Even while we're trying to be sensitive to uh, everybody's different locations in terms of social location and privilege and age and gender and everything that comes, that we have come with us as we're trying to be with one another. But a covenant if we've created kind of a safe enough space and practiced it a bit, there is room for everyone to be able to speak up. That's part of what we're committing to, is how to be held and created in this moment. I read through the flowchart that my colleague, Reverend Joe, talks about as part of the Live Oaks practice. It's not fancy. I mean, it's a fairly straightforward flowchart about how to direct conversations and feedback. But it does so in a way that helps kind of guide a conversation. But it also doesn't just simply promise. It doesn't promise that every expectation and heart's desire is going to be fulfilled. They have a healthy congregation team, um, a place for bringing feedback and the process is a series of questions. You know, have you spoken, if you have a, some kind of feedback or a concern or so on, um, have you spoken with the person or persons involved? What if someone from the team went with you? Could someone from the team summarize, but with your name, uh, you know, and share that in another context and so on? Um, is the question, the feedback about policy, performance, or preference, and boy, you know, we got a lot of preference going on because you use, we like, we have a lot of opinions, right? And if it's policy, it directs that to the policy holders. If it's performance, it's taken to the minister and the staff. And if it's preference, then again, the invitation is to talk with the person who is directly involved. And that process works to get clarity on the concerns and where to take them. And also, if at any point that person doesn't want to pursue with direct conversation um, or with help, then that conversation comes to an end. Uh, feedback comes with a person's name, so there can be relationship and resolution. It's not ever anonymous. I think there's something to be said um, that as we're listening to each other and working with each other and how to live our commitments, um, there's a distinction between venting and the expectation of fixing. There's venting over here and there's fixing over here. And each of us can very much listen to expressions of frustration, concern, and so on. And then ask a question whether someone wants a different outcome than what's being expressed and what that speaker would like to do to follow through with it directly, with their own presence. So we can talk about in covenant the, the vastness, the aspiration, the largeness of the vision, the living of the mission. 
but it also comes down to increments, this living, the one-on-one in any given moment. Those little things, those little conversations, those little uh, exchanges, those set the tone when the big ones come. So let me close with a question and an invitation. What needs to be addressed? Wherever you are in this conversation about covenant, whether you're part of the congregation, whether you're visiting, what needs to be addressed? Not everything was magically resolved on December 31st. I'm going to just make a guess, right? January 1st showed up. January 8th is showing up and like, oh, there's still things to attend to. Yep. What needs to be cared for and addressed in your life, in our lives as a congregation? Finding the center is a practice as well as a promise. And that has been the case in this congregation since its founding in 1843. And this month, we get the chance to explore this center again and again and take it forward in our individual lives and as a body. So let me close with our covenant. As a community of love and hope, we covenant together to welcome with open minds and hearts all who gather here, newcomers, members, and friends, to nurture one another with caring words, kind actions, and compassionate concerns, to share ideas freely, listen willingly, disagree respectfully, and forgive easily, to inspire one another, youngest to eldest, to thrive in body, mind, and spirit, to work cooperatively to our goals and openly appreciate each other's unique gifts, to enrich our congregational life, by participating, leading, pledging, and giving, and to celebrate life, to celebrate life, and savor its diversity, beauty, and creativity. With that covenant so created among us, let us go forth and live it. Amen.